everybody and welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmess, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi everybody, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Landlord James. And I'm your other host, my name is Tenant Michael, and uh, greetings and salutations to our listeners, how art thou on this fine day? Okay, what is this character? Sort of a, a squire from, like, uh, medieval times or something. Not the restaurant, but from the actual uh, historical era is what I'm going for. Oh, very good. Have you ever been to medieval times, the restaurant? Yes. I went once because uh, my brother worked there, and uh, it was very funny. And they had a whole room on the side of the stadium that was just full of medieval torture devices. <laughs> cool. Um, what was the food like? What's the food like at medieval times? It sucks. It's just very bland. It's just very because the gimmick, I guess, that saves them from making nice food is like it's it's prepared the same way it was in the sixteen <laughs> hundreds. So there's no uh, <laughs> there's no garnishing salt or spice. no spices. It's just like a chicken that they heated up, nothing added, and just like tasteless <laughs> broth and like a plain cooked potato. Wow. Yeah. Fun. And then what? You sit in the stadium and you watch jousting? You watch a jousting match with a laser light show, which I don't think was period uh, correct. I don't think they had laser uh, light shows back in in that era. But, you know, what what are you going to do, I guess? What are you going to do? Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, for joining us today. Um, We're excited to have you. How, How are you doing, Mike? How's everything going? Busy, crazy week. Uh, Mr. Trump got COVID. Mr. Trump is a little is a little bit under the weather. Please excuse Donald from uh, class. He's not feeling well. Imagine if someone if if his mother had to write that note. Uh, his mother's dead. Yes. Well, yeah, I was asleep, so I woke up to everyone was, was making jokes on Twitter. Oh um, yeah, you don't want to miss that. Yeah, 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 and then. Uh, because yeah, yesterday there was that surprise, uh, surprise <laughs> joyride he took for his, for his fans, which is so funny because there are there have been like basically mega people and like um, I don't know Proud Boys neo Nazis camped out in front of the the hospital where Trump is staying, and the idea of a bunch of like uh, boneheaded neo Nazis waving like thin blue line flags in front of a hospital, seeing an SUV with a old diseased fat guy drive by waving and them going like oh my god it's him it's him it's him it's him (laughs) (laughs) hello sir like it's um i imagine like they're like chasing after the suv like uh you know in like hard days night (laughs) beatlemania where those teenage girls were chasing the fab four it's a bunch of 400 pound neo-nazis chasing after an suv with a dying diseased man high on bizarre (laughs) drugs inside uh so, James, I know um, we've been receiving a lot of listener mail and tweets about this ongoing controversy oh, yeah. that you are embroiled in. I, I, I guess I'm sort of, you've sucked me into it, which I don't appreciate, but uh, the long and the short of it is you started a sort of spin-off podcast called Flat Talk, which is your flat earther podcast. I don't agree 
with that. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. and you've started to receive some pushback from a British podcast, also called Flat Talk, because flats are what they call apartments across the pond. And there's been a bit of bad blood. Uh, things sort of escalated. It got a little bit. Uh, there's a war of words. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, where where are we at with that whole thing? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's gotten pretty testy. It's 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 pretty frustrating that they think mm. they have a monopoly on the name Flat Talk. I mean, give me a right. break. Um, and it's gotten pretty nasty. Uh, they uh, left a message on my phone machine, which I think we yes. played a couple episodes ago. That was pr- pretty threatening, and they really came after me and really, really threatened me. I would well, say I mean, they came. To be specific, they threatened me. They threatened to to well, kill me. Well, I think they were kind of doing a broad a thing. You know, I think they were sort of being like, "Hey, you're a whole you and your whole crew." Um, right. More than you specifically. I mean, I guess they. What did they say they were going to do? Well, um, if I recall correctly, they said they were going to. Uh, I think in my bed, cut off my head and stuff my own penis. Uh, into my mouth yeah i mean again it's it's ridiculous um you know i'm not gonna back down um you one thing they clearly don't know about me if you come after me i will not be backing down so um i've actually recorded um a new attack ad um and i'd love to play it on the podcast because i'm going to be sending it out everywhere it's going to be on sonar um so i'd love to to uh, premiere this new attack ad i've uh i've recorded Sure, let's let's uh let's play it. Hello, I'm a British person. I'm inbred, and I love to stick fish and chips up my ass. Not Hey, it's me, James Hartnett, the host of Flat Talk, the first flat earther podcast that's actually cool. Flat Talk. Each week, I talk about the issues in the flat earther community, spill the tea on my crazy sex life, and yes, do the whole show 100% high on cocaine. So, lately, I've been receiving vicious threats from the hosts of a British apartment hunting podcast, also called Flat Talk. Flat Talk. They warn me that if I don't change the name of my show, they'll murder my co-host, Michael. That's me. Not only that, they also threaten to stuff his schlong in his mouth. Uh, yeah, classy. What kind of fucked up toy is this? So, what's my response to these limies? Bring it on, bitches. And if you think murdering and defiling Michael's body is going to make me stop doing my podcast, you've got another thing coming. Flat Talk, Canada's number one mother flat earth podcast. Huh. So there you go. Um, Once again, Hmm. UK Flat Talk guys, um, bring it on. Bring it on. I'm not scared. Right. I'm not backing down. Now, now it's interesting you say that you're not scared, James, because um, I am the one whose life is at stake. I'm the one who's uh, basically being threatened with, with murder of the most g- gruesome variety, if I may say. It's like something out of um, uh, a horror movie. I'm thinking of, uh, I don't know, Clive Barker. Who are some <laughs> horror movie directors? Oh, uh, Wes Craven? Wes Craven. Yeah. Mike, maybe your life whatever your life's at stake my podcast is my life okay flat talk is my life so yeah 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 they're gonna threaten you with whatever the thing with your penis um if i don't have flat talk to get real 
good flat earther, you know, discussion out there to my community, I may as well be dead, Mike. I might as well have my head cut off with my penis shoved in my mouth. So listen, right. we're both in this together and um, sort of. Yeah, we are. And, you know, I'm bringing I'm facing it head on. This is going to be a battle. This is going to be a fight. They're going to be doing their worst. And I, I encourage them to. And we're going to be doing our worst, too. And uh, we'll see what happens. All right. I mean, this is very unsettling for me. It gives me a bad feeling. Um, but at the end of the day, you are my podcast partner and my landlord, and I trust you. I trust you. Thank so, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, listeners, I don't know if you've heard the exciting news, but um, our podcast network, the Sonar Network, has uh, started to hold a fan art contest. Did you hear the, the happy news, James? I did. I did. I think that's cool. Now, uh, here's the gist of it. Uh, if you're a listener to this show or any Sonar Network show, but let's be honest, we want you to do it if you're a fan of us, you have the chance to submit fan art of your favorite Sonar Network podcast for a chance to win a fabulous prize. And of course, the prize I'm talking about is a pair of Studio Regent 2 headphones. Now, these headphones are great. They appear to be wireless from what I see in this JPEG, mm. and uh, you can listen to almost anything with them. I'm talking music, podcasts, uh, the radio. Maybe if, you're, um, if you work in surveillance of some sort, you can probably use these Studio Region 2 headphones to spy on your uh, victim. Yeah, or well, wife they- or husband if you think they're cheating. Right, and there is no bigger betrayal of of trust than to cheat on uh on your husband or wife there is no bigger betrayal yeah so here are the rules unless you tweet with the husband or wife's like brother or sister or dad or mom absolutely yeah um the rules are fun as well for the fan art contest you uh you must be following at the sonar network on twitter uh or instagram and you have to use the, the hashtag Sonar fan art and tag at Sonar. You have to tag at the Sonar Network. Uh, you have to submit before the deadline, and there's only one submission per person. The submission deadline is October 15th, so that gives you plenty of time to do your fan art, submit it, and then get f- and then get prepared for Halloween. I love that. You know, I thought of a great slogan: "Submit it and quit it." Submit it and quit it. I l- you should trademark that. Yeah, I might. So, so basically, people can draw fan art of us, mm-hmm. submit it to Sonar, and they have a chance to win really cool headphones. So, fans, get uh, get your sharpen your pencils and turn on your imaginations. <laughs> <laughs> we should also mention, Mike, that uh, we have a Patreon, and uh, if you give to the Patreon, uh, you get bonus episodes, and. Um, We've been doing a lot of bonus episodes lately, and I think they've been pretty fun and pretty funny. I've been having the time of my life on, though, because I feel like the bonus episodes are when I can sort of let my hair down and say mm-hmm. basically the unsayable. Yeah, we, we kind of give you a peek behind the curtain in the bonus episodes. We really just lay it all bare. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, where is the address if people are interested in uh, going to our Patreon, Michael? So turn on your computer and turn on the web browser of your choice. It could be Firefox, uh, Safari, or Google Chrome, and you want to type in patreon.com slash landlord tenant. 
for the past uh, month or so, I guess, uh, we've been lucky enough to have an East Coast correspondent joining us from Lunenburg, Nova Scotia, uh, which is a is it a town, a village. Um, I've been there. It's it's a I would say it's a town. Okay, and they're having a mayoral election coming up, I believe, uh, mid mid month. And Bryn is on the ground. He's giving us information about the campaigns and the candidates that you will not hear anywhere else. That's right. Yeah, if you've missed the last, you know, few episodes, really recommend you go back. Um, Bryn Potty has been filing reports for us about this election um, the last few weeks, and uh, they've been really great. It's quite a story. It's quite a tale. What's going on going on out there in Lunenburg? Yeah. Um, and he's filed yet another report for us. The election must be coming up soon. It must be in the next week or two. I think it is. I think yeah. Next, so uh, so yeah. we're coming down to the wire here. So um, why don't we hear uh, this latest report on the Lunenburg election from our friend Bryn Potty. Hello, James and Michael. Hello, listeners. It's Bryn Potty here again with another update on the race for mayor of Lunenburg between Councilman Matt Risser and town crier John McGee. Now, I don't want to make myself the center of the story, but uh, Councilman Risser was over at the house dropping off a lawn sign, and then he did wind up having a couple blue lobsters in the backyard with me. Um, and I asked him the tough questions. I asked him, uh, don't you think there's too many deer in town? And he agreed that there were too many deer. And then I asked if he was elected mayor, would he finally appoint a female town crier of Lunenburg? And uh, he was a real politician about it. He said that he thinks that's a great idea. But if he wins, his opponent in the election, John McGee, would still technically be town crier. And it would be an abuse of mayoral power to strip him of the criership. Now, speaking of town crier John McGee, he got a huge endorsement on Facebook this week. I'm not going to name any names, but it's from a guy who owns a store in town and used to be a town councilman until he got voted out because everyone knew he stole a bunch of money from the golf course. Anyway, but this guy and his dad are both John McGee supporters, apparently. Although I think it's just jealousy because Matt Risser did take his seat after getting voted out because of the golf course thing. But he's running again and he may get in because Lunenburg is a very forgiving town. I mean, his business didn't really suffer after the uh, money-stealing incident. And uh, there's a contractor in town who uh, got fired from that uh, Oak Island reality show because he was stealing gas from production vehicles, and his business is still doing fine. And then another big forgiveness thing here is uh, my elementary school principal got busted for possession of child pornography a couple years ago, and he's still a member of the curling club. Although, according to my sources... He always gets picked last. This has been Bryn Potty reporting from Lunenburg. And thank you, Bryn, for another work, Bryn. amazing report. You know, this is the kind of stuff you won't hear uh, anywhere else. Some some real wild details he's revealing here. Yeah. Um, now, first some of all, sort just, of disturbing. The, the most shocking thing I think I took away from this, or two things, is that Lunenburg has never had a female town crier. And to hear that that is the case in 2020 is shameful. Yeah, I guess why should a town crier, why does it have to be a man? I could see a woman doing the hear ye, hear ye. But yeah. I, you know, I have to say the, I mean, this isn't saying it's right, but when you imagine a town crier, you do kind of imagine a heavy set, 50 year old, hard drinking, <laughs> uh, divorced man. Am I wrong? With a, with a big red nose yes. and, and ruddy you know he cheeks. doesn't have a lot going on. 
and you know he lives and, alone and he spends money on his own sort of old-fashioned outfit and bell <laughs> yep and you know he might smell like cigarettes and maybe coffee <laughs> and maybe alcohol this is just my my how i imagine a, 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 tw- a town crier in the year 2020 you huh. see him at the coffee the local coffee shop alone all the time but that said, just because that's how we have always imagined town criers, right. um, yeah, you know, there may, there, why couldn't there be a bachelorette who, who is in her fifties who, yeah. you know, doesn't have a lot going on or a young, very accomplished woman who's graduated from one of Canada's top schools who dresses, <laughs> you know, fashionably, maybe she wears a. Uh, Stella McCartney or uh, uh, Gucci or something, and uh-huh. she totally reimagines the job of town crier. You know, I like instead that. of you know what, this is a CBC show. Yeah, a young professional woman moves to rural the, the Maritimes to a rural yeah. village and becomes their first female town crier, and totally shatters the preconceived ideas we have of town crier. We ain't never had a U of T graduate as a town crier before. <laughs> uh, the and last first... town crier spent a, uh, a weekend in jail for drinking and driving. I don't know if the new town crier is going to keep that up. I don't like it. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah. It's like, you know, one of the town crier's most important jobs is to distribute cigarettes to the school kids. <laughs> and she's like, this is not right. Yeah. And uh, the town thinks she's a little bit uptight at, at first, yeah. and she is uptight. And yeah. then she she learns to relax a bit, and she learns to love the people and the ocean. And mm. then they all sort of, everyone, they all get along in the end. Our last town crier had gout. The new one seems like she thinks she's too good for gout. <laughs> Ain't never seen a town crier use an iPad before. <laughs> Yeah, her first town crier session, she's like, okay, I'm just going to pull out my iPad and like looks up what reads what to say off her iPad. And it's, yeah, a huge scandal for old Mrs. Uh, McCutcheon or whatever (laughs) who was watching by. Oh, God. There's a lot, you know, it could go so many ways. You know, we're joking, but I actually believe if we pitched this, we would, would, we'd get in a room with someone. Oh, absolutely. The CBC or whatever, any Canadian <laughs> network will put on any old garbage set on the East Coast. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. If, yeah, if American TV was like Canadian TV, there would be no shows set in New York. The Daily Show <laughs> would be in, uh, you know... Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. And Saturday Night Live would be uh, in, you know, Billings, Montana. <laughs> And there would be no shows in New York or L.A. Right. That's how we do it here in Canada. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to also say the the second shocking thing from Bryn's report is that his former elementary school principal was busted for uh, possession of child (laughs) pornography. That was a bit of an eyebrow raiser. Yep. Absolutely. Because when I think back to my uh, childhood principles, none of the, none of them went that way. And um, and the fact that he, you know, if that happened to most people, they would hide away from society forever. They wouldn't still be part of the local curling team. So yes, I agree. I'm. I was. I was a little surprised. Yeah. Um, this ain't your daddy's 
principal charged with child <laughs> pornography possession. This ain't your daddy's vice principal who was busted with <laughs> child pornography. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, boy, I don't know if I'd feel great about having a convicted pedophile on my curling team. You're not wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm a, I'm a Toronto guy. You know, I don't know how they do it out there. Maybe they have to change the rule on the curling team where it's like, uh, because he's on the team, no more kids allowed to play on the team. Only uh, only full-grown men and women. Yeah. He must be good. He must be good yeah. at curling. That's the only... Here's another CBC show. It's like, the curling team, we don't have quite <laughs> enough members to make up a full team to participate uh, in, in the tournament. We'll, we'll take anyone we can get. And then yeah. the door opens, and it's the local uh, child <laughs> pornographer. And they're like, oh, it doesn't say anywhere in the rule book we can't hire a child pornographer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, like, a local curling team makes it all the way to the Briar <laughs> Finals, the Briar Cup, or whatever it's called. The Tournament of Hearts. Isn't that what it's the, called? Yeah, that's the women's uh, curling. Oh, Okay. <laughs> But yeah, there's drama because they have a member who's amazing. He he's he, you know, he's the best sweeper I've ever seen. Hard. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, he's got a, sh- a shady past. Mm. But imagine a scene where like the the rest of the curling team were like, "Hey, new rule for the new guy: you're not allowed to bring your laptop to re- to to practice <laughs> or to games." <laughs> <laughs> new rule. On uh, team trips, Net Nanny will be installed on all the laptops. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, he hates the Net Nanny. Oh, he's ruining me fun. <laughs> um, I'm, I've looked up an article about, a, I think, this uh, East Coast principal who was charged with child pornography. And does this seem uh, like a um, an eye-raising sentence he got he was uh he pleaded guilty to possession of child pornography and he was sentenced to 60 days in jail to be served on weekends <laughs> that seems like the kind of sentence you'd get if you like oh you um you uh you got caught i don't know peeing in uh, in the town <laughs> square or like you yeah, uh, or you, you were a little over the limit and you didn't hurt anybody but you drove drunk uh, a little over the limit or something this is some andy griffith show type <laughs> sentencing here it's like oh you know serve your time when you can we know you're busy you got a job after all you've got to be in charge of all those kids <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to put you out. We don't want to hurt, you know, make it hard for you to do your job. So just when you have a moment, drop by, spend a, have a cup of tea in jail for an hour or two, and then you'll go off. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have some local boys and girls bring you some <laughs> snacks in jail. Uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Bryn Potty, at Brintendo64 on Twitter. Hilarious, uh, hilarious yes. guy. Great reports. I hope people are enjoying these. I'm loving them. I'm loving them. They're fun. Yeah. Um, well, that was a lot of fun. Why don't we take a break and come back with our guest? Okay. Oh, and welcome back, listeners. We hope you enjoyed your little break there. 
Our guest this week is a very busy man. He's an athlete. He's an educator of the very young. He co-hosts the Blocked Party podcast, but he's also a comedian whose new album, Long Stories for No Reason, drops October 16th on Comedy Records. Look, everybody, it's John Cullen. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hi, John. Me. Very nice intro. I like hey. that you specified the very young. Um, <laughs> I, I took it some... somehow made it sound creepy. You're like, an educator <laughs> of the very young. Yeah, if Mike had just said educator of the young, I think it would have thought, you know, it would have seemed like an upstanding guy, but emphasizing <laughs> yeah. very does make Could you, you clarify for the listeners how, uh, what's the age range of your students, just so you know? I, I would prefer not to say. I would okay. can only say very young. Very young. Uh, A teacher I, never I teach, tells. Yes, exactly. I teach high school. So um, okay. in BC, that is grade 8 to 12. Eight so to we 12. start one year earlier than, uh, than you guys over there in Ontario. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's too huh. young. If if you ask me, it's too young. Well, I remember yeah. being, I remember starting high school in the ninth grade, and even then, I felt like a, a young child boy because the the grade thirteen <laughs> students that we had at the time were like yes. full grown men with like yeah. trucks and wives and beards, and I was like <laughs> had hardly begun puberty. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't. You had to be really careful not to hit on another man's wife uh, <laughs> in the halls. <laughs> You're like, oh, sorry, I didn't see that wedding ring there. Um, yeah, I grew up in Ontario, so um, I went to school in Ontario until grade eight. So I didn't start high school until grade nine. But I, when I moved to BC, obviously all of my classmates had started a year earlier. And yeah, it's just like it's a weird age because it, it, I think like so grade eight kids are like twelve, thirteen, and it's just like the maturity level is so different, both physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can have kids in grade eight that are fully ready for high school. They're like, yep, I love this. I love taking every class separate and it's all good. And then you have other kids who are, who think it's elementary school still and will run around the classroom and, you know, want to do arts and crafts. And it's just a weird, um, thing. Like the, the first year I taught, I taught a grade eight class and I just did the seating plan um, just like alphabetically. So they were in groups of two, uh, desks. And so I sat this girl and this guy beside each other, just that's how it ended up alphabetically. And the girl was probably four, eight, um, and maybe weighed <laughs> 80 pounds. And the guy sitting next to her was six, four to two forty. So it's, so it's just it's like, like when you see pictures of Shaq and his wife and his wife. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it was exactly like that. Like it was just so bizarre and and it is it's just like i think by the time you get to grade 11 or grade 12 you know everybody obviously kids are of all different sizes and whatever but it feels less like you know it, the, these kids felt like they were six years apart in, in <laughs> just because of their the way that they're they had grown up thus far it was just yeah it's a, it's a weird time i think i wish grade school went to grade 10 because I yeah. don't think I was ready for high school until <laughs> grade 11. Like, I hated grade 9 and 10 so much. And then after, by grade 11, I liked it. But it was a nightmare. I felt exactly like you, Mike. I felt like a kid with, like, adults. I actually got wedgied in the bathroom at the <laughs> urinal in grade 9. For real. By, I didn't think I didn't that would happen. wedgies were a real thing. So, like, I know. That's actually impressive. I know. It was kind of cool. I was at a urinal and an <laughs> older guy, uh, an older guy, like, gave me a wedgie and I peed everywhere. But then... <laughs> The other older kids in the bathroom uh, said to that guy, what's wrong with you, man? Like, they, they didn't think it was cool that he did that to me. So I gave Shit. them, like, a thankful nod and then left. That's that nice, sucks. though. That's actually yeah. sweet. 
That yeah, it was kind of nice. were like, hey, man, hey, man wedgies? Like, come on. <laughs> we're the older kids. We don't wedgie <laughs> boys. I remember there was a kid in my high school who started going bald in like the 11th grade. And by the time he graduated, he was like, like pretty much fully bald. And he was the one of the best trombonists in the school band also. <laughs> wow. I think if you go bald at like that young of an age, you get remembered for something like because <laughs> it's just so you yeah. know what I mean like it, it the, of course the kid who went bald in grade 11 is gonna st- like you're gonna attach him to something like yeah this kid went bald in grade 11 but like unbelievable basketball player or whatever like you're always gonna have some kind of it's never it's just like, like oh yeah I knew this kid and he went bald it, like doesn't, story, it never ends there the story of Robert Johnson selling his soul so he could play guitar really well maybe this guy like he sold his hair so he could be like a good trombone player <laughs> That's how all the great jazz musicians got started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. So God. John, you're just getting ready. You're gearing up to to drop your your new album October <clears throat> 16th am. on Comedy Records. It's called Long Stories for No Reason. You are doing something that's very smart. I wish I had thought of this. You're doing a a podcast tour because you obviously can't uh physically tour the album. Um, yes. That's yeah. a great idea. Thank or, um, you. Are we the uh, are we the biggest podcast you're doing? Where do we you rank? Are. You guys, uh, I would say you guys are number three. <laughs> number three? Okay, okay, that's not bad. Which is like, but you're number three with a bullet. Like I would say, so I'm doing, um, uh, the biggest one I'm doing is Night Attack, uh, which oh. is like, uh, it's a podcast slash, slash Twitch show. Oh. Um, and they have like, I think like 11,000 followers on Twitter. Like I think they're, they're pretty big. Shit. Yeah, they're bigger than uh, and us. And I'm doing, I'm doing What a Time to Be Alive, um, right. which is kind of like a, you know, they're sort of like a sister podcast to Block Party. Like we've, Stefan and I have both guested on their podcast. All three of them have guested on ours kind of thing. Um, and then I think, and then I think it's you guys. And then it's just a host yes. of, uh, and then it's a host of small, uh, <laughs> small shows. Because I think the thing is when you do a podcast, and you guys probably know this too, like, you know, when people listen to your show, they feel <clears throat> like they know you and they feel like they want to, they want to hang out with you. They want to chat with you, but they also feel you know, and you guys are both comedians too. And I think people feel sometimes intimidated. And so that was also part of the reason of doing this sort of like podcast tour is I said, like my album is coming out. If you have a podcast, I'll do it. I don't care what the podcast is. I don't care what it's about. If you're a fan of Block Party, you're a fan of mine, I'll just do it. Like tomorrow, I'm doing a podcast that's about Irish politics hosted by two guys who live in Ireland. Really? Wow, cool. I know nothing about Irish politics. Uh, Another listener of mine has a Twitch stream, (laughs) and he is going to get tattooed live on stream while interviewing me. Um, Oh, wow. So like, but yeah, it's just, it's kind of a fun way to, as you say, promote the album, but then also just like, get to connect with some of our listeners and, and, you know, sort of meet them on, you know, on their podcast and, and whatever they're doing. And so, yeah, it's been wow. super fun so far. Well, this podcast is uh, very pro Sinn Féin, the Northern Ireland, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, federalist uh, party. Republican, um, Catholic. Uh, yeah. I so like, I don't know what's good or bad to say. Like, I, I don't even know what I, I can, think. Just bring up the IRA and you're fine. Yeah. Don't say like, it's great to be to-, to be talking on a uh, to uh, on a British podcast. <laughs> don't yeah. say the word British. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That's my big stance. They bring on this like Canadian listener <laughs> and I'm just like, honestly, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you guys. You should still be in the UK. That's really my 
I think everyone, listen, people are talking about it. You might not yeah. hear about it in Ireland, but the rest of the world's like, can you believe they left? Oh well, we're in God. Canada and the Queen's our head of state and we love her. We love it. We love every <laughs> second of it. Do you know that Prince Harry was going to live here? Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> what? I mean, I know this is sort of overwrought, but he was going to live in BC, right? And then he left after yeah. a month? He what did. the fuck? I mean, did. what did yeah, he not he made- know what it was like or what? I mean, this is like, again, this is obviously being a prince. He's lived this life that none of us can understand. But mm-hmm. the, the what they did is even almost more nonsensical in that. Yes, James, you're exactly right. He him and Megan moved to Vancouver Island, which mm-hmm. is already dumb. OK, Vancouver <laughs> Island is you got to take <clears throat> a boat or a plane. Like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's the beautiful, though. Bought, it is beautiful. It is mm-hmm. beautiful. The house they bought 22 million. Holy shit. Uh, okay. And then they, they literally left after a month. And I mean, you, this That's is just insane. not something a regular person could do. You, can, yeah. you, could, you can't buy a house, be like, you know what? We've made a mistake. Did and they then a month it? later just sell Did it. they like renovate it and uh, put it yeah, back on flipping? Yeah. Yeah. There's Hunter's UK. <laughs> but do you know anyone even who's rented a shitty apartment for like 700 a month and left after a month? No. I, I don't know anyone who's ever done that anywhere. No. Of course not. It's insane behavior. Moving sucks. Moving. I mean, I guess when you literally don't have to participate in any part of the move, like Prince Harry, I'm guessing just has to say, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to move. And then it just happens. He he doesn't have to do it. He just says the words. But maybe that's what makes it different. Don't you think? Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, wouldn't you give it a year? Like, it's insane to me. Yeah. And then they went to L.A.? I think so. Yeah, because I think what they were saying was that um, like Megan got an opportunity to host like a Disney plus show or something. <sighs> so then it was like, oh, well, we can't we can't she can't take the chopper back and forth all the time. You know, we've got Disney a plus. The chopper's range is only 200 miles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh. So we're talking about royalty and fancy people. And John, I have to bring this up. And if it's too personal of a question, <laughs> you don't have to answer. But on a on a recent episode of uh, Blocked Party, I heard you mention that your your actual name is John Cullen the Fifth. Yes, true. Are that you true. Wow. are you wow. a blue blood? Are you a royal in any way? What's going on? Tell us. I am. I'm a royal. Um, it's, uh, you guys got me. This is a big scoop for your podcast. (laughs) I've never brought it up anywhere else. Wow. Uh, Yeah, it's crazy. No, uh, I am the fifth. That's true. Um, my middle name is the same as well. Um, I probably won't dox my middle name on, on this show or any other show. So don't be offended by that. I thought you meant your middle name was also John. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's John, 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 John. Uh, yeah, it's a long family line. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I I am the fifth one. So my yeah, my dad, grandpa, great grandpa, great great grandpa all have the same name as me. Hmm. Um, it is. Uh, I mean, it's cool. It, it's not. I mean, we're not at all royalty or rich or anything. So it's hmm. like I guess like less cool than it could be. Um, the way it was always explained to me was that my great grandpa, so the second. When my mom was pregnant, so I never really met my great grandpa. He died when I was, I think, three. Um, he wow. was apparently a tough man in the Navy. I've seen mm. pictures of him. He had like tattoos when no one had tattoos, like when that was like a big mm. deal to have one. He was a gruff dude, apparently. And he essentially told my father that like 
in no uncertain terms, I was to be named like I was to be the fifth. And that, wow, and, that's an and alpha if I move beyond anything I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, and I think my parents were going to do it anyway. Like, I don't think my dad had had kind of floated out like, you know, maybe we're not going to do this. Like, I don't think that it happened, but my great grandpa made it very clear that that was not to happen and that I was to be uh, named the same as well. Wow. So. What a cool guy. I like I like how you describe that that getting tattoos in that time was was really edgy. Like, I guess like would getting a tattoo in that time be like splitting your tongue now? You know, like yes, yes. Getting horns yes, put it was. Your it was forking your tongue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was the wow. forking your tongue slash surface piercing of the, 19, of the 1940s. <laughs> we have oh, a man. friend who got a Prince Albert in high school and yes. uh, he's a very funny guy and he won't on the record talk to us about it um, what? on this podcast. <laughs> and I can't I can't wrap my head around it. I don't know why. Did he like does he still have it? <laughs> No, 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 this is uh, year, years ago. Oh, okay. Um, he's, he's, he's really changed. Like, I think he went through a punk period, I guess, and then grew out of it. <laughs> so it's very surprising when you find out that he's had a Prince Albert. It's crazy. Um, yeah. I wonder if he's, I would look, I would be honestly curious to see, even if he still has hole, like a hole in it or something. Yeah, yeah. James, I'm right with you. I'd love to take a nice, good, up-close look at our friend's penis. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think we all would. I mean, I've never met yeah. the guy and I think I would as well. So yeah. um, I love the My favorite part about Prince Albert's. <laughs> what a great way to start a sentence. Do you guys know? Do you guys know like why they're called that? No. Was it? Okay. Was so the original after? Pr- yeah. Like, did he have a was he born with metal in his dick or something or well <laughs> so it is named after Prince Albert. But the story <clears throat> goes that obviously back in the day. Uh, you know, men wore tights and his cock was so big that it was seen as like unsightly because you could just see like how fucking big his his hog was. So he got a piercing so that he would he would wrap a chain around his thigh (laughs) and then clip the ring to the chain so that his dick would like side pipe down his thigh so that you couldn't just see the huge bulge in his tights. What? Yeah, that's true. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also Isn't that awesome. Yeah. <laughs> my, my dick it would be was fun to so explain big. on a date. Like what? Why do you have this chain on your penis? <sighs> it's just so big. I have to, yeah, you know, wrap it around my leg. Not only wow. are you royalty and you have so much money and power, but also <laughs> you have the world's biggest penis. <laughs> yeah. Your, my cock is just too big. <laughs> Queen Victoria hates it. She hates seeing it. It's too much. It reminds her of bad times. It, Going yeah, out I mean, to see like uh, the latest Gilbert and Sullivan operetta and no one can enjoy themselves because your penis is too big. It's just it's just right there. It's in our face. And then 150 years later, we had wallet chains. So it really yeah. just all came full circle. You know, it, it's funny because like, don't they say the Windsors, I guess, have with like inbreeding have this sort of big chin, I guess, and like or, or nose or something or ears. And the Habsburg have like overgrown Habsburgs had overgrown chins, I think, from inbreeding. But I guess this yeah. guy, he got, you know, giant dick. Yeah. It's way better pipe. than huge ears. 
Yeah. And that's like, and that would be a very funny thing to say as well. <laughs> like if you were just like, you know, you're hooking up with uh, one of your maidens or something like that. And you're like, oh yeah, this is I like you, even before you, you show her, You'd be like, well, I mean, you've heard about the Windsors, right? You've heard about. <laughs> does that mean you know does, what's going on? Does Prince Charles have like an insane huge hog? He doesn't wow. have that kind of energy to he me. He doesn't have big dick energy, but he was married to Princess Di, and mm. we're still confused about that. So maybe <laughs> now, maybe now we're less confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. Um, this has gone off the rails. I'm sorry. Oh my God! There, there are no <laughs> rails. John, uh, I, uh, yeah, Block Party is is uh, such a funny, cool podcast, and I, Thank I listened you. to your most recent episode, and you have Jamel Hill, which is like that's a huge guest. She's extremely, extremely famous. She, Super uh, famous. if you, if you don't know, she was an ESPN host who. Uh, um, was very vocal about um, racial issues and Trump, and she was fired. I don't know if it was explicitly for speaking out, but I think that was the subtext because they didn't yes. like politics on ESPN. Um, and I heard on the podcast you said you just sort of like messaged her online, and she was like, "Sure, yes, that's literally what happened." Wow, <laughs> it, was, it was nuts. Like, so I, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the kind of like. It all started with Chapo Trap House because um, for your listeners who don't know, that's a very popular um, socialist comedy podcast. And for a while, like they, they are like basically the biggest podcast in the world. That's not Joe Rogan. Um, you know, they're huge. And <clears throat> it became this joke on Twitter that whenever someone would make like kind of a socialist or a leftist tweet, a bunch of their listeners would tweet at them, go on Chapo that and it like became this joke of like, Oh, you're not normally a socialist person, but you made this socialist comment, <laughs> go on Chapo. And so, um, our list, I mean, you know, we're friends with the Chapo guys and they've been on our pod and Stefan's guested on theirs and stuff. So we're kind of in that universe of, you know, we share some listeners with them and stuff. So that has become a thing on Twitter for us as well, where if someone tweets about being blocked or whatever, then people mm -hmm. will tweet at them, hey, go on Block Party Pod. And so that has landed us like a few like pretty solidly large guests. But Jamel Hill is like an, another stratosphere. Like I I've said this to people like it happened and I still don't believe it happened. Like, because <laughs> yeah. we were, I was emailing with her for about two weeks trying to set it up. And I, I would keep saying like, for the, there was only a few people who knew about it. Um, like who knew that it was actually happening. Obviously people could see the tweets publicly, but, um, and I would say like, I just, I won't believe it until it happens. Cause I still just can't <laughs> yeah. even believe that she's talking to us. Like it doesn't make any sense. And then, yeah, and then it it happened. It was nuts. But yeah, she literally she tweeted about getting blocked by Travis Tritt, and she was like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I, I, um, you know, I originally thought he was a nice guy. So, um, she's like, but now I now now that I found out that he blocked me, and I believe it's for like racial slash political <laughs> reasons. Um, you know, I'm gonna tell you like the true story of of what happened or whatever, how we met. And I was like, Jamel, what if I told you there was like a perfect place that you could tell this story, um, like on blocked party pod or whatever. And like within minutes, she was like, let's do it. Wow. And then, and then I was like, okay, cool. Like shoot me a DM. And then she DM'd me her email. And then we just, yeah, we were emailing back and forth for like two weeks. And then she came on the show. 
Wow, have you been tempted to email since? Like, huh, can you believe that Canucks game? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because she she just tweeted again like a week ago about being blocked by Kirk Herbstreit. Um, who was he was the guy who went viral a few weeks ago for crying about um, how we need to like fix Black Lives Matter and all that. So he's a, like a college game day reporter okay. for football. And so she was like, you know, tweeted about being blocked by him. And I tweeted her saying, like, didn't we just do this a week ago? Uh, <laughs> and then she was like, trust me, if I had known about it, then I would have talked about it on the show. That's and I was cool. like, oh, we're just friends now. She just responded to me. <laughs> That's it's like, cool. It's, chill, it's cool. You know, I did you. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, I mean, in the interest of um, fairness, have you and Stefan thought of reaching out to, to Travis Tritt to hear his side of the story? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's a great point. Um, I'll be honest with you. No, we haven't. But now that you've said it, I'm like, maybe we should because he was I mean, that was part of the whole thing, too. That was so funny on Twitter is he was getting mad that people had like doctored that photo of him. Like that greatest was, like, photo whole, of all time. It's so funny. Yeah, so funny. And it's like, yes, it's been doctored, but like not that much. He is wearing like a lot of makeup in the original photo. And like, so, you know, I feel like he would, he might want to set the record straight. He might want to, you know, come on and maybe we should let him. You're right. Like we're, we're very, so far we've been very partisan, but maybe we need to be a little bit more open. And also I'm just looking that up right now. That's so funny. I've, I hadn't seen that before. That's hilarious. It's a great pick. And also if you have Travis Tritt on, Think of the probably like the huge untapped uh, listenership of uh, new country music fans that could you could turn on to podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And that's who we're looking for at Block Party. I, mean, I feel like that's a market we really have not cornered at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, we and Stefan and I, you know, when we're brainstorming about the pod, we're like, you know what? Not enough people who listen to Luke Bryan also listen to Block Party. We got to turn this ship around. Yeah. A lot of room um, for growth. So, John, you you know, Block Party, obviously, it's a show about unsuccessful or sort of uh, fraught uh, encounters with celebrities or people in the public eye. And James and I were thinking it might be nice because, you know, the world's in quite a state right now. In fact, as we record, uh, at any moment, the president could die while we're talking. True. <laughs> so This podcast will be useless. Yes. That's that's a, we won't even be able to air it. <laughs> so we were thinking it might be fun for us to talk about some encounters we've had maybe maybe online or maybe even better in real life <clears throat> with people in the public eye and um i uh i can start this here i as a child met the famous wrestler honky tonk man oh um, yeah b- before he was honky tonk man he had been in a i think stampede wrestling because my family lived in calgary at the time mm-hmm. and stampede wrestling was a, a league and he was known in those days as Honky Tonk Wayne. <laughs> and we met him that at the Calgary sucks. Zoo and he signed an autograph and he was just very, very pleasant, very nice. So and this and this is good interactions with celebs, right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Positive, yeah. Uh, nice interactions with celebrities. He was right to change his name to Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Wayne sounds like a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, sounds I'm like Honky a, Tonk Wayne. Sounds like Wayne. a drunk, first of all. Sounds like <laughs> yeah. a huge drunk. Oh, that's Honky Tonk Wayne. Is Honky like Tonk Man Canadian? Uh, no. I don't think so. I think no, he's an he's American not, citizen. No. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> I think he's a he's like a Tennessee guy, I think. I'm pretty sure he came yeah. up in the Memphis uh the Memphis wrestling lineage. Um I had an encounter, a really positive encounter. This is really a really niche boring <laughs> one, but 
I don't know if you're a, a Jays fan or follow mm-hmm. baseball much, John, mm-hmm. but remember the Tulo trade? Like mm-hmm. in 2015 when we got Tulo? <laughs> you so, met Troy Hawkins. No, that would be good, though. It's, it's not that interesting, but I was drunk and I was so excited, like, holy shit, we got Tulo, what? And I was walking down the street in Toronto and I walked right by Arash Madani from Sportsnet, if you know him. <laughs> and I just said to him, he was, I think maybe had been out maybe to a bar too. And I was like, Arash, can you believe this Tulo trade? And he goes, yeah, man, it's crazy. And I go, do you think they're going to trade Encarnacion? Like, what are they doing? And he's like, I don't know, man, it's fucking nuts. And we talked for like five minutes on the street about the Tulo trade. So... That's my good encounter with Arash Madani, <laughs> with That's a drunk beautiful. stranger at maybe 1 a.m. on King That's Street. That's your one, your one good encounter? <laughs> well, it's like, one of them. It. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Um, this is going to... Uh, the, the one that like really comes to mind as far as like a very good celebrity encounter, but will make me sound maybe weird or bad to, for the comedians who are listening to this. But like, so you, you guys are obviously both comedians and as a Canadian comedian, sometimes you're afforded the opportunity to open for someone mm-hmm. and usually uh, like open for someone famous. And usually I'm sure that this is probably your guys experience as well. Um, you don't really like, they don't really talk to you or you don't like, you might be backstage and you might talk a little bit in the green room, but you're not, Nothing, nothing happens. You, there's no follow up. There's no nothing. It doesn't matter. So one of my favorite comedians on earth is Nate Bargatze. Um, and I've been lucky enough to open for him a couple times. Um, so the first time I opened for him, that was very much my experience. It was like we chatted in the green room a little bit. Nice guy, whatever. That's it. End of story. Then the next time I opened for him, he was here for two nights and I opened for both nights. So the first night, the show ends. And he's like, I'm super hungry. Do you want to go get dinner? And I was like, yes. Yes, I would like to go get dinner with you, uh, one of my comedy heroes. That sounds really nice. So he's, so we're driving. I'm like, what do you feel like for dinner? He's like, I don't know. What's the nicest steakhouse in Vancouver? And I'm like, oh, it's probably like highs. He's like, great. Let's go there. He's like, I'm buying, by the way. Don't worry about it. I'm like, mm. okay. So Nate takes me out for a steak dinner. As we're eating steak <laughs> dinner, it comes up that like he's a huge golfer. And he's like, yeah, it's crazy. Today, I spent all day at the indoor. There's an indoor golf bar in Vancouver. And he's like, I spent all day at the indoor golf bar. It was sweet. He's like, do you golf? And I was like, yeah. And we started talking about golfing. He's like, I'm going to go there tomorrow. You want to come with me? And I was like, yeah. And so then I spent the whole day indoor golfing with Nate. (laughs) And then and then I opened for him again. And then he asked me out for dinner again. Um, It sounds like you're dating. Yeah, we're fucking dating. Me and Nate are dating. Um, But no, it was just like it was just one of those experiences that is just so rare. Like usually when you open for a much more famous comedian, it's like and a lot of them are very nice and they're kind to you, but it's not they don't want to be your friend. Yeah, they won't even they don't even necessarily like follow you on Twitter or something. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, totally not. So and and don't get me wrong. Nate and I are not friends. Like (laughs) I'm not I'm not under this delusion that like, oh, yeah, we're huge friends now. But it was just like a very refreshing and cool thing. He was just like very <clears throat> chill, such a nice guy. Didn't speak to me like he was way bigger than me or anything like that. Like it was just, you know, we just talked comedy and golf and he's just a really nice guy and it was really fun. So like that's overall probably my best like I guess celebrity story or whatever. That's very nice. That's very positive. That is nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it's I like cool. it. Mike, do you have another good? Uh... I do have another one. I'll try and make it short. Uh, when 
when my family lived in Peterborough, Ontario, which is a small town, um, a, uh, the, a native son of Peterborough who had gone out into the world and, and become successful came back and did a uh, autograph signing session. I'm always getting autographs as a kid. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about Skid Row frontman Sebastian Bach. Who oh, came, there we go. Came okay. to the mall. And uh, I stood in line, and I was uh, a little fat kid wearing a Megadeth t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I had him sign a Skid Row poster, and he looked up at me, and he was like, Hey, Megadeth, pretty cool. And then he signed his name, and then uh, went about his life and continued to make terrible music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I That's definitely nice. did the like autograph signing as a kid thing. I mean, that was a big... I, I, I did... Uh, Doug Gilmore did a signing at Upper Canada Mall in Newmarket. Hey. Definitely met him there. Uh, did uh, Maurice Richard. There was like an old, old-timers old hockey game. Uh, and he signed autographs at the intermission. How old would uh, he have been? Like, I mean, he was old. Like, he, he couldn't play hockey. He was the, like, special guest referee. Right. And I think he just, like, put on a striped shirt, dropped the puck for the opening face-off, and then, like, <laughs> fucked off, and then signed, signed autographs in the first intermission. I mean, this would have been probably... This was probably, like, 95-ish. So I'm guessing he had to be 80... 85 i mean he was old wow but nice Did, i mean and still had the huge hands you know they always talk about his like <laughs> yeah it was monster hands probably out of prince albert that time, <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it did maurice richard live to see 9-11 or did he pass away before 9-11 <laughs> that's a really he, good question mike he actually died seeing 9-11 that's what a lot of people don't <laughs> Mon Dieu! He was, it was, you know that apocryphal story that the people were dancing on rooftops when it happened? I think yeah. he was among them and he didn't uh, fell. see it. He, he died May 27th, 2000. So he oh, that's awful. Oh, so yeah, so he was born in 1921. So if, oh. I, if I saw him in like 95, he would have been 74. Okay. Huh. So not like, you know, not super, super old. But yeah, I mean, he was... I mean, it, it, it was one of those things that I grew up a Leafs fan and I was a big hockey history fan and, and I knew all about who he was and everything, but it didn't have like, I mean, I was probably like eight or nine. I didn't, you know, it didn't mean that much to me. I have to be honest. Fair enough. You were like, thank you. Next. Quote, <laughs> thank you. Bye, bitch. <laughs> See you later. Oh my God. Uh, James, didn't you have yeah. a story about... Uh, seeing a certain former much I music did. personality? I did. I have one more. Um, <laughs> yes. I like that you led with Arash Madani. Yeah. That was your, like, you know what? Of all the celebrity encounters I've had, that's yeah. the one that sticks out to me. Well, this one is, to be honest, it's not much better than that. But I was at a... Uh, I was at a Loblaws on a Sunday night. I want to say at 10 p.m., and I was in a canned goods aisle, and I encountered Master T. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't much of an encounter, but we kind of like, I, I think, I, you know, I gave him kind of a nod, and he kind of smiled, and that was pretty much it. But it was, <laughs> I did walk away from it thinking like, well, Master T's nice. What a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people, I mean, I think when you meet people like that, some of them, even if it's like a very brief interaction, you can just tell they have like a good vibe. Yes. Like, oh, or they just, bad. They just have a good yeah. energy, just a good, you know, I remember, um, <clears throat> uh, do, uh, you guys probably remember this too, back in the like 
it was probably the late 90s, early aughts, I guess. They had like a be a VJ contest and it was like yep. a nationwide search to like find right. the next VJ. Yeah. And the first person who ever won that competition was a kid named Aaron Stratty, uh, who was from Vancouver. He was tall, had red hair um, and like, yeah, he won somehow and was very bad at it and got fired <laughs> after like six months oh, and no. then went and then just went to UBC, which is where I went. And you would just see him walking around campus. And it's like, dude, you had the world right here. And you I know. fucked it up man. at that time. Being a VJ seemed like you wow. were Canada's biggest star. I mean, Rick the Temp kind of was, right? Yeah. He left for entertainment yeah. tonight. He made the big leap. I know. How do you fail at being a VJ? Like, are you like, you, you, you're not good at introducing an REM video? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was all it was. He, yeah. He, <laughs> he said, poozing my religion. And then they were like, whoa, pig slip of the tongue. He's out. That's Weirdly, um, I think he might have won a competition, too. Remember Bradford Howe? Yeah, Bradford Howe. I don't was know. A, I think he was yeah. a Via VJ winner as well. I think yeah. that's right. I don't know why no. I did this, but I looked him up recently on Instagram, and he, I think, is a camera guy now. Oh, nice. wow. For like, Had you enough know. enough of being in front of the camera. Uh, yeah, I wanted to get on the other side. Like, what about Rainbow? Remember yeah, the VJ Rainbow? Rainbow? Son Franks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rainbow Son Franks. I actually, I saw him in a video game store <laughs> on Bloor Street. He was buying <laughs> NBA. this amazing story. I know. What was wrong with me? He was buying a really like expensive version of, of like NBA 2K, whatever. <laughs> but it was like a special big box the version. Ultimate, the ultimate edition or whatever. Yeah. It was like a pair of shoes or something. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, yeah, it was like definitely VJs felt like such a huge a huge deal. Oh yeah. I think I would totally, I, I'll be honest. Like he's talking about video games. I don't know that there's a Canadian celebrity that would have excited me more to meet around that time than Nicholas Piccolis from video, <laughs> from video and arcade top 10. Wait, YTV's very own. I have to look yeah. this up. Nicholas Piccolis. I'm blanking on his name on now, this guy. John was, was that a stage name or was Nicholas Piccolis <laughs> his real name? I mean, there's no doubt that Nicholas was his real first name. <laughs> but as far as his last name goes, I, it's impossible to tell. Wait, who was Nicholas Piccolis? I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know what? We didn't have cable. We lived in the country when I was a kid. So I'm, I, is, he was, was he on, on YTV? So, yeah. So there, there was this show on YTV called Video and Arcade Top 10. Okay. They would, um, <clears throat> they, he was hosted by this guy, Nicholas Piccolis. And they would bring on like kids every week to compete at a video game. And it was often a video game that either like hadn't been released yet or had been like just released. So it was kind of like as a kid before the days of the internet, like your first look at some of these mm. video games. So they'd bring these kids on and they'd be like, okay, we've got, you know, whatever, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. And it'd be like the first time you'd ever seen Yoshi's Island. So they'd they'd break it up. They'd have the two kids playing the game and that ran the course of the show and they were competing. So they'd win. Usually they would win a video game system and like a and like a video game prize pack. So also as a kid, you're like, if I get on this show, I could win this. Oh, my God. You I, know? <laughs> I used to hate those kids. I was so jealous. And I'm convinced now that like, oh, they were just like the producer's kids or something. <laughs> yes. I mean, totally. I mean, yes, it was so I was uh, 
same as you, Mike. Like I was so jealous. It was crazy. And then, yeah. And then they would do like these little, you know, they'd preview and, 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 um, review other games. Like, so the kids would start playing, you'd watch the kids play for a bit and then they'd have some sort of like, okay, this game came out this week. Let's review this game. And Nicholas Piccolis would talk about whether he liked <laughs> it or not. And like, yeah, it was just, it, I mean, for someone who was obsessed with video games like me, I had a subscription to Nintendo power mm-hmm. and I was like all about that. Uh, it was, yeah, it was like one of my favorite shows. If I met Nicholas Piccolis, my brain would have exploded. Did you used to watch the show um, Electric Playground? Remember that uh, one? These two kind of circus. No, no, it was another <laughs> video game show. And these two dudes like hosted it for like 20 years. It's Canadian. Oh, I don't think I saw maybe that. Maybe you don't remember it. Yeah, Electric maybe it was Playground. local, but. I only remember Electric Circus because it scared me when I was a kid. You'd be like watching something on much music and then all of a sudden 9 p.m. would hit and then it'd be all these rave kids like just dancing in the much music studio very weirdly. Yeah, Monica Diol. We should get her on the podcast, Mike. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'll send her a, I'll send her a DM, Monica Diol. <laughs> Although the last time I, I messaged a celebrity to try and get them on this show, uh, I heard nothing back. I... Uh, went onto Instagram and I privately messaged uh, the Canadian reggae superstar Snow, and he never uh, <laughs> never responded. I mean, Snow would be a huge get. I would love yeah. to hear Snow on this podcast. Darren <laughs> O'Brien, Snow. Do you think Snow speaks in an affected Jamaican accent like regularly, or no, is that just he does not? Okay. He absolutely doesn't. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, huh. no, he it, it's tough. He, he it's. One thing I learned, um, I don't know if you guys are fans of the band Pup. Um, yes, but, uh, we've had yeah, Steve okay, so. from Pup on the show, actually. Oh, there you go. So Steve yeah. has been on Blocked Party as well. Great guy, good friend of mine. And I figured out that he looks exactly like Snow <laughs> in the Informer video. <laughs> and the same like slick back hair, small glasses. Steve has bigger glasses now. And You're I sent right. it to him and I think it actually like ruined his life for a couple of oh, days. No. Like I, I texted oh, no. him this pic and I was like, cause I think there had been something going around on Twitter where it was like, Oh, like who do you look like? Like I look like this celebrity or whatever. And Steve had said someone else. And I was like, Steve, it's cool that this is who you think you look like, but you actually look like in former era snow. <laughs> and then he was like, it fucked him up a little bit. I think That's really <laughs> funny. I don't know why he was pretty hot. I mean, yeah, Steve. I actually do think he's good looking. Or you think was Steve is good looking or Snow? Well, Steve is, <laughs> and Snow was. I don't know yeah, what he Snow no. looks like now. Guys, are we all in agreement, all three of us, that Snow? We think Snow is good looking. <laughs> snow is definitely good looking. All right. I think too. You also have to consider like one of the metrics that I will use to determine how good looking someone is is like the level of sexual partner they could attain. Right. Mm, So you got to think like in former era, snow was for sure pulling women or men or that you that the three of us could not dream of, you know, so you have to consider that scale, too. Yeah, there's like an online, uh, I guess, years ago when snow just was like uh, when his star was rising, uh, CBC News did some sort of like little segment on him and. I guess he he had been in trouble with the law in Scarborough, Ontario, as a young man, and uh, they talked to this like police officer who had who was always like arresting him or had to deal with snow, and the officer is like, one day I was sitting at home, I was watching Arsenio Hall, and um, <laughs> they said here to sing his new song is Snow, and I looked up at the TV and I said to myself, that's not Snow, 
That's Darren O'Brien. <laughs> 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 John, I also uh, wanted to talk to you about, you have a, a second podcast. I do. Called the POD Cast. Yeah. And you talk about new metal. Yeah. And um, I, when I was like, you know, late teens, absolutely liked a lot of that stuff. Hell yeah, dude. And uh, I, I wanted to, uh, I thought it'd be funny to maybe talk about, I looked up Kerrang's top 21 new metal albums of all time. Oh, this is going to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I'd like single out a couple to talk about. Sure, um, I would love that. I, it's funny that, uh, you know, Block Party is obviously uh, a much more popular podcast, but uh, so far on my <laughs> podcast tour, everyone's like, so the POD cast, hey, eh? I used to listen to corn, but it's yeah. true. Like people just love it. Like we get, m- yeah. I've had more people ask me to be on the POD cast than Blocked Party. And we don't have guests on the POD cast. Like That's we have them really on bonus episodes, but we don't, we never have guests on the main. So, it's just funny to me, like, but people are so desperate to just to just talk about that era because it's it's so fun. It's such a fun thing to talk. About. I know it's funny because I think obviously a lot of people did like it at the time. And then very soon after, it seemed like the dumbest, the dumbest period yeah. and like the dumbest music. But then like with time, I don't know, it almost you almost become nostalgic and kind of re-remember like, oh, yeah, I kind of like that song. That's what's happening now for us. Yeah. It's like I think people because we. We'll tell like we tell our donors like a month in advance what album we're doing for the for the next month upcoming. So they have a chance to like, you know, download it and listen to it and get re-familiar with it for the episode. And yeah, I think it's like people will be like, I haven't listened to this album in like 15 years. You gave me an excuse to dust it off. And yeah, it's uh, actually the the friend who kind of put us in touch, uh, Duncan on uh, on Twitter, Duncan, I don't know. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, Shout he, he kind of put us in touch. Um, and he was he had a road trip to pick up his mom to spend some time with his family. His mom lives about 20 hours away. And he was like, I have not listened to any of the POD cast. And so he the whole 20 hour trip to go see his mom, <laughs> he would listen to the album we were about to talk about and then listen to the episode. <laughs> and he, I think he made it to like episode nine or 10 just rotating like okay you guys are doing incubus next okay i'll listen to the incubus album then listen to your podcast about it and it was like very That's... sweet but i was also like are you sure you want to poison your brain that <laughs> much at you know time? what's actually it's funny you said incubus because this is uh embarrassing i um i i clicked i guess like on an incubus song on my <laughs> spotify um redefine i think yeah great song yeah but then it came on a mix when someone was over and i felt very embarrassing that it was on my spotify <laughs> mix like oh it's an incubus song i mean i don't know why tell, I like it. so now in the future just <laughs> tell them that you're about to be a guest on the pod cast and that's oh, why yeah, it's in there that's that's, really that's the good. way you can kind of you can duck and roll out of that just being like oh i'm a, <laughs> sorry babe yeah. listen i'm about to be on this podcast and I, it's I, a new metal podcast only. it's purely yeah um so on this kerrang list number 21 uh disturb the sickness we listened to that for an episode a couple months ago okay uh, not good not good yeah like mike do you remember disturbed mike is this is very much not mike's wheelhouse this is not my area of expertise musically my younger brother though was was super into all the new metal you know heavyweights so i have like an ambient awareness of it 
Do you right. remember Disturbed specifically, Mike? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, Disturbed I, is like hard mm. not to remember, right? They have yes. the, there's the whole meme and all that, you know. Yes. But I remember um at the watching an interview with the lead singer of Disturbed on Much Music. Oh, his name is David Dryman or Draymond. And yeah, Draymond, uh yeah. it was right when the Iraq war started. And uh <laughs> he it's funny because it, he he seemed in the interview interview, I remember, so smug and like really pressing that he's an intellectual it yes. felt like overcompensating for his like talon lip rings and stuff like it That's was literally his whole thing so we right. talked about that on the show the alternate title for that show was uh was so we always title it like the ep the the album name and the artist name or and then it's like the alternate title for kind of what we're talking about and the alternate title for that was it was like disturbs the sickness or new metals triple major because he literally in an interview talked about because we we always find like old articles about the band and he was talking about how he was a triple major at Loyola University which like isn't even a thing that doesn't even make sense like if you're a triple major get a master's like you're stupid you're still if you're a triple major you're in school for seven years like what are we talking about and so yeah he was like bragging about how he was a triple major and that he he talked about how like disturbed was like a smart like he's like yeah i always knew i was like a great singer and i would try out for these other bands and like they just you know i don't want to sound cocky but like honestly like they just weren't up to like where they needed to be but i would still play in them because i just wanted to be in like a band and i didn't care and then when when disturbed was looking for a singer i went to the first tryout and we all just knew like yes finally like they found a singer that could keep up with them and i found a band that could keep up with me you know and it's just like he seems like the most insufferable man on the planet he really does and he seems very into like like i don't know um like meditation and buddhist imagery in a way that i feel like he's doesn't actually know much about yeah oh he's the big time that he's he's big time the type of guy who like if you told him like oh i'm not feeling well he'd be like are you not feeling well or <laughs> yeah, exactly you, is it you like your brain I, I, it's like <laughs> no one ever truly feels unwell yeah, so, you know, yeah. feeling unwell is a construct yeah, yeah. I get stupefied. Um, <laughs> another uh, this number twenty. We're not going to go through all twenty-one, but I just picked <laughs> I out like, a few. Like I've handpicked a few albums, so we just do about ten 21. minutes on each one. Um, number twenty was, which I think is questionably new metal. Alien Ant Farm Anthology. Oh, great album! Yes, it, <laughs> most definitely new metal. No question. You think? New metal. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I remember trying to convince my friends that the song Movies was really good. What a song. It is it, good. Movies is an incredibly good song. You don't have to convince me. Okay. If you're making a list of like top, I don't know if it's top 10, but top 20 new metal songs. Mm. Movies is in there. It's I, almost, lo- I love it. It's, it's, it's so good. And kind of, yeah. Smooth, Smooth Criminal is such a good cover. Like I tweet, I tweet about it like once a year where I'm like, it's fucked up that the best Michael Jackson cover is by a band called Alien Ant Farm. Yeah. It's so good. Was MJ yeah. alive so still good. when that came out? Sorry? Was, was Michael Jackson around to hear their cover? Yeah. Or? Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He famously loved it. Oh. Did he? No, you I just know. made that up. <laughs> 
I would be shocked if Michael Jackson heard the alien Ant Farm <laughs> criminal cover. I think you're not wrong. I think when they when he passed away, sadly, um, the doctor who found him uh, did remark that he had died wearing an alien Ant Farm shirt. <laughs> alien Ant Farm played the funeral. A lot yeah. of people didn't see that part. They didn't televise it, but it they was. Saying they sang Alleluia. <laughs> yeah yeah let her cohen but yeah movies is great i still yeah. listen to movies like uh once a month at least wow <laughs> it's but yeah. it's interesting you say it's definitely new metal because what what categorizes that for you we can taste <laughs> the rain <laughs> no yeah i love it such a good it's really good uh, sorry that you what? don't think they're new metal well no but what why why did you um what makes you think that's definitely new metal what does that boxes does that tick <sighs> uh down tune guitars uh mm. he raps uh in some of the songs they're not even <laughs> mm. rapping but like does the kind of talk singing mm-hmm. uh, that's famous for new metal big open beats um mm. and it's groovy like that's really mm-hmm. the thing that uh, a lot of people ask me what new metal is and that's really like the main thing new metal was like very groovy and funky in a way that like other metal is not hmm. um, other metal tends to be like a little bit more straightforward whereas new metal tends to have um looser drumming and and have more of a groove rhythm oriented it's very hip-hop inspired metal i'd say interesting okay um well i'll just pick out a couple others here and (laughs) this one i so number 12 on the kerrang greatest new metals of all time list is mudvane ld50 not for me me neither and have you seen it's have you seen the video for Dig by Mudvayne? Uh, who, ha- who hasn't seen it? It's the, <laughs> like, I think that's the worst sound and imagery I've ever seen in my life. I hate it so much. <laughs> like, it's, like, I feel like you have a stupid brain if you created this. I, I hate it. I really hate <laughs> yeah. it. It's bad. Mudvayne, we haven't got to Mudvayne on the POD cast yet. I'm sure we will. Um, yeah, Mudvayne's whole thing was that they made their music with math. That like they are actually like because math rock is like a thing. And that's usually like what people just describe for like very technical like guitar and drum parts, which Mudvayne have. But Mudvayne were literally like I think the lead singer is like legitimately a math major and maybe the guitar players too. like the, the yeah. whole thing with them. Their whole mystique was like we literally write our songs. with math. I love the idea of <laughs> Mudvayne's rehearsal room just having like a bunch of chalkboards with huge equations on it. Yeah. Like, it's a beautiful mind. It's it's John Nash's shit in a beautiful mind <laughs> yeah. was where Mudvayne also worked uh, uh, jammed out. Uh, they're like, in, while they're jamming, they just quickly pull out like a Texas Instruments calculator. To <laughs> yes, okay. the graphing. Oh, this doesn't quite fit on the parabola. Uh, we're going to need to change up that bass note. Yeah, they, they stink. Um, they suck. And they also were kind of going for the whole Slipknot thing and then they yes. just completely abandoned it because they did the face yeah. paint and the masks. Mm. It looks and very then by McDonald's the second album, land. they were just out. Sorry, Mike? It looks like very McDonald, like a McDonald land character version of like what Slipknot was doing. Like they don't look scary in the way that Slipknot does look scary. They just look like, eh, it's like kids wearing clown makeup. (laughs) Yes. Great point. System of a Down Toxicity, number four. I still love that unironically, and I think it's great. I I have a hard time with System. Uh, Mm -hmm. Loved that album when it came out. I Mm -hmm. think it's aged not as well as everyone thinks. Here's Mm -hmm. my whole here's my whole System of a Down theory. And I literally just talked about System of a Down for an entire podcast episode two nights ago because I did a I did a music podcast and we did uh, hypnotize their uh, yeah uh, you know the part of their double album set. But we've done we did Toxicity on Podcast. 
my theory on System of a Down is that they have 10 undeniably amazing songs, mm-hmm. 10 pretty good songs, mm-hmm. and 150 awfully, <laughs> brutally bad songs. And all their albums play out those percentages. So it's like <laughs> Toxicity has like two unbelievably good songs, two pretty mm-hmm. good songs, and then like eight not great songs. <laughs> Toxicity is their most consistent record for sure. Hmm. But it's still... I. I they're just such a hard band for me because listening in 2020, I should say, because it's just so hard to square the um, like intense political message with like songs that are like, gonorrhea, gorgonzola, gonorrhea, gorgonzola. (laughs) You know, it's just like a very difficult uh, thing for me, but I I like them and I still like them. Um, I I also too, I saw them live and it's probably the worst live show I've ever seen. So it's really really colored my perception of the band. Interesting. (laughs) And I'll just say number one, just, just to wrap it up. Follow the Uh, leader. No, they had number one is corn, 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 corn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the album that started it all. So that is unironically to me, still a fantastic album. What was on the self-titled corn? I think Uh, I only really know like the, the ones from the next album. So the singles were blind, uh, shoots and ladders, um, blind. You would probably know because it's the one where Jonathan Davis is like, "Are you ready?" Okay, right. Yeah, and then uh, shoots and ladders is the one where they do nursery rhymes with, with Jonathan <laughs> Davis playing bagpipes, and then like it's, it's like ring around the rousey pocket. Like, yeah, they literally Disturbed. just do nursery rhymes. Um, That's funny. And uh, clown was another one of the singles off of there, and then um, the the song was titled using the f slur so i won't say okay yeah couldn't get away with that today we've come to almost the end of the show right now we're going to do our very popular segment called draft folder disasters No! No! no and this of course is where we delve into the stinky foul recesses of our twitter draft folders and we um we unearth some tweets we we didn't tweet for a variety of reasons. Maybe they were bad. Maybe they were incomplete. Maybe they were incoherent. And we're going to read them and just uh, briefly discuss them uh, right now. Uh, how about I, I'll, I'll kick it off. I'll go first with mm-hmm. my first draft folder disaster. Here's a tweet that I uh, did not send. And it goes like this. World War I wouldn't have worked if they'd had cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Mike. Yeah, You're right. Good. It's like it's like when you see a movie from the '80s and you're like, "Well, that would uh, that wouldn't have been plausible with a cell phone." Yeah, you're imagine right. all those boys um, in the trenches, uh, or like mustard gas rolling over the hills. That wouldn't have worked if they had all had <laughs> cell phones. Yeah, or you know, calling the they're calling the Germans. Yeah, Wait, so you guys are only a hundred yards away. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, Franz Ferdinand might have, you know, noticed a weird guy uh, getting ready to shoot him and texted, you know, somebody. Uh, True. Hey, help, help me. Well, you know, the, the, the black, black hand, hand wouldn't have been yeah. able to help themselves. They would have been tweeting for oh, months yeah. beforehand. Franz TikTok. Ferdinand, look the fuck out. Franz Ferdinand, you lib, you lib cock. You lib tart. You fucking lib, you liberal cuck bitch. We're going to fucking yeah. shoot your head off. And then he would like increase his security. And Gavriel yeah. Princip would have been in jail months before he actually had the chance to shoot Franz if we had Twitter back then. So yeah. I, what, what I'm learning from our discussion of my tweet is that I should tweet it, but also make it a thread saying all those things we just said <laughs> that's what we're that's basically what we're doing here yeah yeah and then wait for the verified check mark 
<laughs> yep, exactly. Wait for those retweets to roll on in, baby. I'm gonna be rich. All right. Here, here's one uh, I I wrote and then did not tweet out uh, that I can only assume was from last summer, and it's um. Here we go. How's this? If Kawhi Leonard re-signs, I'll let the guy videotape me on the toilet. Ah, heck. You know what? I'm in a good mood. Even if he doesn't sign, I'll let him. And all of you. Why not? Ha ha. <laughs> wow, that really took a turn. Out yeah. You know, it turns like, out that as you were writing that tweet, you figured out you're horny for people seeing you use yeah. the toilet. That's yeah. what really happened there. It's kind of a three-act tweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Pardon me. I don't know if you guys have seen my Twitter, um, but yes. uh, don't leave a whole lot in the drafts. <laughs> I, just, uh, <laughs> I fire them out there. I don't really yeah. give a shit. It's a bad. It's a bad account. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> um, so usually, usually my drafts are um, subtweets that are too fresh for the time. So I I shove them into drafts and then wait three months until that person may not know it's like directly a subtweet of them. <laughs> and then I fire them out. That's usually my draft folder. So I have one here that is, uh, it just says to my 3000 followers, I simply must apologize for my behavior. Cause I love, <laughs> I love the idea that like people on Twitter will do something and like no one knows who they are and no one yes cares. like having three thousand <laughs> followers is nothing that doesn't mean like and i i don't have very many much more than that like it's not and it's even less like you'll see people with like 800 followers who are like listen i had a tweet last night and i just want to apologize <laughs> to everybody like i shouldn't i was really mean to this person and i'm not <laughs> like that you know people who truly know me it's like you only have 800 followers i'm pretty sure most of these people do know you they truly know you <laughs> yeah you know like it's just such a weird thing where they feel like they have to make this big public facing apology when no one gives oh, a shit people have been eager to apologize i feel like when yes. definitely no one cares you there's so many i mean not to get too into it but i feel like you know um there's always like a theater company or something or other that's like you know i need to make this big apology and it's like do you i mean maybe but also are you just trying to be seen you yes. know being a i think on an individual basis it's just people want they want people to be like no you're a good guy mm. no no and no, how brave of you to acknowledge yes. that you've made mistakes and you're growing wow yeah, good guy. Yeah, so that one was specifically directed at someone on Canucks Twitter <laughs> who has a podcast who had said something on the podcast that was like regrettable and then was like, I'm mm. really sorry I said this. Like, but it's like, like yeah. they did the whole like notes app screenshot and it's like, oh my God. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Well, that's, uh, that's another draft folder disasters in the can. Um, Thanks for participating in that uh, segment, John. And also, oh, my pleasure. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. Um, this this has been fun for me and James, and we we hope it was fun for you. Oh, absolute absolute pleasure to be on the show, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, you've got Blocked Party, which is a big podcast. It's so funny. Thank and you. And you so got the POD cast, and you got your album out as well. Long yes. Stories for No Reason drops October 16th on Comedy Records. We will link to all the links in the episode uh, notes. Is there anything else awesome. you'd like to, to plug? 
No, I mean, I think we've talked about it a bunch. Uh, yeah, people can follow me on Twitter at Cullen the Comic. Everything I do is linked on there. Um, yeah, if you enjoyed my appearance, my main podcast is at Blocked Party Pod. And but otherwise, yeah, you guys have done a great job summarizing, and and thank you. And we'll have to get both of you guys on Block Party as well. That's where, oh we're man, over, that'd we're, be we're, so be cool. Great. We're overdue. We're overdue. So we'll <laughs> we'll make sure we uh, we make that happen in the next few months. Awesome. Nice. Thanks, John. Um, right. Well, so nice to chat with you. And yeah, have a good one. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks so much. Cool. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Locke. Thank you for allowing me to drip into your ears like some sort of sentient syrup goo from Mars. This is an invasion. I'm here to promote my new podcast happy good with chris Locke. subscribe to it now because it will make you feel good it's about forgetting all the craziness the nonsense the stress and we relax together and laugh it's a silly stream of consciousness guided meditation to make you feel good and it's on sonar network listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts or on sonar network but subscribe and come along with me because it will be fun thank you